it's showing a career. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a similar thing to like sports, right? Where you're this... Boxing is similar to sports? <laughs> well, <laughs> other, other sports, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, the way we traditional think of about sports, f- damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 367 with a review of Southpaw. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Stephen Miller, a.k.a. the Blue-Eyed Devil. <laughs> Damn it. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we already had a review of Paper Towns, which is in the feeds. Uh, we're doing this review right now of uh, Southpaw. And later on, you will have a review of Pixels. But, uh, yeah, are you excited to talk about this film, Stephen? I actually am, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> cool. <laughs> are, are you excited? Are you ready? We've been training for weeks. I have. I, actually, I, I decided not to train for weeks, and I just uh, trained over the course of two minutes during a montage. <laughs> so we're going to see if it pays off for me as well as it did for you. What I've been doing is staring in a mirror and just recording into a big rubber bag over and over again, just like watching myself record and get get used to it, kind of duck left, duck right, duck left, duck right. <laughs> I, I set a bunch of USB cables up in my room and just bouncing in between them from <laughs> different sides, putting my shoulder if the, up. <laughs> if the volume sounds a little funny, it's because I'm constantly jabbing to the left and right of my microphone. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, are, are you are you a fan of uh, boxing at all in general? I actually think boxing is a kind of terrifying institution, and I'm a little <laughs> amazed that we still do it. Um, so no, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a fan. You wouldn't go as far as to say you're morally opposed to boxing. You just think that it should be just uppercutted out of existence. Yeah, I'm. Look, I don't know what I'm opposed to because I feel like adults have the right to do whatever they want and i understand by virtue of this movie among other things like the the thrill of watching two people just beat the crap out of each other (laughs) but (laughs) certainly the kind of dirty bloody pulp type boxing that this movie showcases i feel like it is really crazy in 2015 that that still might exist (laughs) Let's be honest. If uh, if we didn't create a place where these people could come together and fight under regulations and actually earn money, they'd just be doing this on the streets, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, that was obviously sarcasm. Before somebody gets offended and like sends me an email, um, uh, but yeah, look, I mean, they're, they're going to punch each other for thirty million dollar HBO deals, whether or not we support it. Yeah, yeah. The real crime is that we have to pay seventy five dollars to watch it. <laughs> Uh, but no, but in all seriousness, I'm, I, like, I'll watch the occasional UFC match with friends, but, like, I've never gone out of my way to watch it on my own, um, and I don't really have a stake in the the battle anyway, like, I don't, I don't go like, oh, yeah, this person, like, I gotta see them fighting, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm neutral on the whole boxing world, I, uh, I have the closest thing to being in a real fight I've ever been in myself in my life was like a little headlocking match with some kid in middle school. Um, I'm impressed. (laughs) I think the closest thing I came was like yelling at someone once. (laughs) 
was you, you passed him a passive aggressive note uh <laughs> um no but yeah so like i to me i've had the opportunity with friends to like put on boxing gloves and like hit each other and i was like i don't think this is a good idea <laughs> so <laughs> that that's basically my stance on boxing is i i don't like i can't imagine full strength punching somebody in the face and that's what this sport is all about so um that's not I can't the imagine i can't imagine full strength doing anything with my body <laughs> <laughs> true true i'll give you that but i know some, sometimes there's like there's been very few moments in my life where i've felt like either this the scenario was approaching the point at which i would have to take a swing at somebody or i was mad enough to actually take a swing at somebody and that like my lizard brain was overrided by the fact that like i can actually think of the impact of a fist on a face and how ridiculous that is and i didn't want to do it <laughs> yep so that being said we're here to talk about a boxing movie <laughs> so uh you ready to get into this i'm ready i was born ready <laughs> All right, we are going to get to our training, and you guys can take a, a moment to listen to the trailer, and then we'll come back and give you our full review of Southpaw. I expected a hard fight, you know. Um, I put my family through a lot. The more you get hit, the harder you fight. I get it. Let's go! Only now you've taken way too many hits hey. before you get off. You can't fight like that anymore. Think about her. I'm gonna tell you something. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so predictable. Man. The light heavyweight champion of the world, Billy Curry. I wouldn't be here without my wife, Maureen. Hey, Billy, why are you leaving so soon? Come on, keep walking. Baby, you ain't never been a real man. Billy, let that go. Let's go home. How about I take your belt? Billy, stop! Who would look me in the eye? No, 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 This court is aware of the tragedy your family has suffered, Mr. Hope. Nonetheless, you have chosen to demonstrate dangerous behaviors while having custody of your daughter. Dad? You need help, Billy. It'll be a year before your suspension is up, which means zero income. Legal custody of the child shall remain with family services until the father can demonstrate the abilities of a responsible parent. Please, I don't want to. I'm sorry, please. please. Daddy, I'm insane with you. I want to live with you. You want me to come with you? No, man. I got to do this alone. So what brings Billy Hope into my job? I'm looking for a job, maybe place a trade. You couldn't handle the rules here, man. I can't lose my daughter. I'll give you my everything. Somebody help me! Please! I know that you're mad at me right now. You don't know. know anything. She doesn't want to see you today. Tell her I love her. Gotta let her hate you so she can get better. I am How'd you like to fight for that title? You think that you could beat Magic? Not without you. I'm gonna fight again. I'm gonna get my kid back. What chance is there that Pope could win? Cards are stacked against Hope. They say Billy Hope can't make it. Billy Hope is over. This is your time. This is your moment. You can control your destiny. All right, so Southpaw is a new film, stars Jake Gyllenhaal. He is uh, a boxer, 
and that's sort of like what his whole life surrounds. And uh, he is undefeated. He's got like 40-something victories or something crazy and hasn't lost a single time. He's working his way towards some big fight, and during some confrontation outside of the ring, uh, his... It, it's it's not too much of a spoiler to say his wife is is killed with a gun because that's in the trailer, right? Yeah. Well, e- either way, they just listened to that happening in in the trailer, so we're officially unspoiled at this point. But uh, yeah, so his wife dies, and uh, he has to deal with trying to make his way back up to the top um, so that he can support his child who has been taken away with him from him because he's not really, you know, fit to be a parent with his wife being gone and with the troubles he's going through in his his life. So uh, it's a big story about trying to rise back to the top. So, Stephen, did this uh, did this film make it in under, you know, did, when it came to a decision at the end of this fight, did this film win the decision or are you going to take <laughs> Boy, away Boy, we, neither of us know boxing metaphors at all. <laughs> yeah, I was trying, I, I was trying to make it work, but it didn't so much. This film, it wasn't a knockout, but it scored <laughs> enough technical points <laughs> to be in contention. <laughs> I have no idea if any of those are valid metaphors. Yeah, I don't um, know what the contention thing was, but everything else sounded right. So, yeah, th- this movie had a lot to like about it, actually. I think the filmmaking style of Antoine Fuqua, Anton Fuqua, <laughs> who also did The Equalizer... He is just really good at making these kind of macho, aggressive, adrenaline junkie type movies. Like things where once the energy starts pumping, you really can't look away from the action. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this the trailer of this movie is very abrasive, kind of to the point where it turned me off from seeing it. But in the context of the film, that abrasive style is exactly what you need to be like both horrified and a little bit enamored at uh, the hero. So from a pure like filmmaking standpoint, I feel like this movie was actually very well done. Uh, I also think everyone involved did a really good job with it. Like Jake Gyllenhaal did a total transformation. Who knew he could become terrifying in a macho, aggressive way (laughs) rather than like a slithering, (laughs) slithering little whatever his nightcrawler character is yeah, it's, it's it's basically the one thing his nightcrawler character had not researched online was getting ripped in boxing and <laughs> and then he was like you know what i've done everything else i'm a super successful <laughs> news person now i'm gonna go off and become a boxer yep i mean he he really gives a pretty terrifying performance in this film um and everyone else is great too like rachel mcadams completely owns that kind of New York rags-to-riches girl who's supporting her husband in his kind of animalistic job. I I can't explain it any other way. Like, his character clearly is supposed to be not very bright, ultra-aggressive, governed by his emotions, and a little bit scary to you. Like, at at least at the beginning. Um, I feel like the movie definitely doesn't try to play it as some sort of injustice that he lost his daughter more of yeah he wasn't fit to have a daughter at that moment and let's see if he can put his life back together yeah and i think he totally owns that role um so everything was captivating from scene to scene 
at least in this film, the overall arc that it takes, I wasn't really sure what I was rooting to happen <laughs> because what the film does really well in the first half is tell me that boxing, at least in this style, is a very aggressive kind of terrifying thing. Like it would bring out terrifying behaviors in people and would not be appropriate for the father of a child <laughs> to be engaging in, yeah. um, at least in the style that he fights. And then as the movie progresses and he's learning how to channel his anger and be uh, a little bit more, more tactical, less uncontrolled, more kind of empathetic, I thought it really did a good job, too, of showing him battling his lesser urges and being being more of a kind of father figure, more of a respectable man. And then the way the third arc of the film goes is sort of a Rocky style, where I'm I'm just supposed to be rooting for him to be a victorious boxer again, <laughs> when as far as all the stakes have gone, there's no reason I should want him to win anything. Like, there's this kind of dichotomy between being poor and losing your daughter and not having a home and not having a job and being not only a in competition for an HBO publicized match, but winning it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's no in between where he's just like a successful person. He either needs to be the world champion or he needs to be nothing. Well, I, and, I think that, I think that's, that might actually be like an intentional commentary on the film, especially if you look at like his crew of people, right? So when he's on top, he's making, you know, he, he's won 40 matches in a row. He's bringing in all this money. Everything's going crazy. He's just like giving away watches to all his buddies. He's got his promoter. He's got his team. Everybody's like, yeah, this man's on top of the world. And the one thing happens and everybody just bails. And it's like, he's literally, there's, there's nothing he can do. Like he just had a shit ton of money and now he has zero money because that wasn't a sustainable thing. Like you are, it's, it's showing your career. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a similar thing to like sports, right? Where you're this boxing is similar to sports. <laughs> well, <laughs> other, other sports, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, the way we traditional thing goes about sports. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, but like, you know, like you're this, this this pro football player and everything's going good and then like you dislocate your knee and you can't play anymore and you go from like making like tens of, of millions of dollars a year to just surviving on the money that you already spent because you expected next year you were also going to get another $30 million, you know? Um, yeah. So I – you like you are rooting for him. Like, you know, you – want him to get his kid back. You want him to like have money again. So he's not like living in this crate. Like there's that scene where he's talking about like not having like, like he has, he has some time that he gets to spend with his daughter and he's like, uh, you want food? I can like get food from somewhere. Like he just doesn't have food. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. kind of insane. I, I guess it, it would maybe take spoilers. I'm not positive. I remember what the trailer reveals about what he was training for. Um, the way I saw it, competing in a publicized game gets you a lot of money. I don't think winning is the thing required to get enough money to live. <laughs> um, like, I mean, we're talking about matches that are like $10 million a game or something crazy. True. I, I don't think all the money goes to the victor, right? It, it's for competing you get the money. Yeah, which yeah. is why the... That, that's why the arc felt... 
it felt like it was aiming for something where he's a guy putting his life back together. And then in the third act, it had to turn it more into a traditional sports movie. Well, where... I, I, th- I, I think that, so he was going to get paid $30 million for this fight, mm-hmm. which theoretically would cancel out his debt. He'd be able to go back to like having a life, but he still can't really do anything at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I think the idea is like, if he wins, then he's like, he's, he'll he, only have $30 million. <laughs> no, if, if he loses, he'll only have $30 million. If he wins, he has the belt, which means he has to keep fighting. Cause I think even mm-hmm. at that point in the film, he, oh no, he, yeah, there, there, there's one event that takes place <laughs> when I was coming back from the bathroom <laughs> that, uh, yeah, okay. I was thinking like that at the point of that, the beginning of that fight that there wasn't a single loss still on his record. He just had to leave the industry. Um, but I guess the events that take place at the end of that fight constitute <laughs> a loss. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, th- I think when you headbutt the ref, it's automatic disqualification. <laughs> yeah, I think you get in trouble for that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, before before we nitpick more, how did you feel about this movie? I... This film is a completely unnecessary, fantastically made film. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's, as you were saying, like, the acting is amazing in it. Um, but, like, the story isn't really that interesting. Like, I'm still wrapped up in the relationship with him and his daughter. His daughter was, was amazing in the movie. He was amazing in the movie. He, like, the things that we complicated, or complicated, that we complimented, like, Mark Ruffalo on for uh, uh, Foxcatcher, like... Jake Gyllenhaal is doing all those same things. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, sure, he's he's maybe not acting like a man who has wrestled for like thirty five years, but he is. He like it's is the first time I've watched a sports movie where the person who just got the shit kicked out of him for ten rounds of a fight for the rest of the movie still looks like he got the shit kicked out of him, as opposed to like yeah. the next day he's all perfectly like fine and happy and like everything's good. Um, like you like oh, they do this thing where like. They, it, well, first of all, there's, it seems like there's a continuity mistake in the film a few times because, like, he has this blown retina for, like, mm-hmm. most of the movie. And every time I see it, I'm like, oh, God, oh, it hurts me so much. And then there's other scenes where it just looked totally fine. And I don't know what was up with that um, mm-hmm. because, like, there's not another fight that happens in between those two shots. You know, it's like yeah one day it's really gross the next day he's fine the next morning it's really gross again so i I think there was a little bit of like weird editing that happened but either way like like he the way he moves he moves like somebody who just got the shit kicked out of him for 10 rounds and Mm -hmm. i i love the attention to detail of like yeah like when you're a fighter it takes a huge toll not just on your face for a round not just on your ears for the rest of your life but like your whole body suffers and it's something that like it's really punishing and grueling, and this film really sells that in a way that is d- somewhat disturbing at times. Um, and I think it's really easy to care for Jake Gyllenhaal's character in the course of the film. Um, I think the as we, as we reference the the death scene for his wife, I think that's one of the best death scenes I've seen in a movie. Like most movies, it's a lot of like you know Wolverine screaming at the eye the sky with his claws out, and this one felt very real, where it wasn't about like him screaming at the people around like look at me i'm a distressed person because my wife is dying it was very much both of them didn't know the rest of the world was there anymore they were just having their moment together and i thought that mm-hmm. was like 
I don't know if you agree, but I thought that was like a really powerful, very emotional scene that I was like applauding in my head because it just felt so real to me as opposed to like the normal like, ah, someone's been shot. No, I I totally totally agree. I I think it's definitely one of the best scenes in the movie. And one thing that made it so, for one, yeah, he isn't just screaming, trying to get attention, but also it isn't drawing like good guy versus bad guy. Like no one in that moment is happy about what's going on. Yeah, It's all more of a, holy shit, what just happened? Nobody intended for this to to go down this way. And I, I thought they played that really well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was amazing. And, and there's also the sense that, like, this is a man who, in the ring, is theoretically the most powerful person in the world to himself. And in this moment, he doesn't even know what to do. Like, he doesn't know how to comfort her. He doesn't know how to comfort himself. He doesn't know how to calm down. He's just, like, doesn't know what's happening, can't respond at all. And, like, it's one of the first times that, like, somebody does a good job of acting in shock. Like, like mm-hmm. his wife is, like, doesn't know what's happening. It didn't feel like the something's wrong and then blood pours from them. It's like, it, I don't know, it's just something about that scene I just thought was fantastic. Um, and in general, I think there's a lot of great moments like that in the film. I just, I think that in the end, the story as a whole isn't isn't really that interesting i guess like it's not i don't know i i think i think by the end i kind of like by the time i got home from the movie it was sort of gone other than the fact that this is a film that we were going to be sitting down to review right now so it's it doesn't have lasting appeal um i i liked it a lot more than i liked foxcatcher mm-hmm. <laughs> um but in general i i'm struggling to kind of find a reason to push people to see it other than the fact that like it's really well acted like it's proficiently made but it's not memorable in any way and it lacks the cuteness that because uh, I mean, you could sort of apply those same things to what we were saying about paper towns but mm-hmm. paper towns has the benefit of making you feel good and being cute this doesn't have that because there's not a lot of feel good moments in the film hell no <laughs> But at, at the same time, while we're doing the weird comparison between this and Paper Town, <laughs> I I feel like this captivated me way, way more than Paper Town did. Um, it captivated me without a reason. It was just like scene to scene, it managed to be more captivating. And I think the two things I would compare it to, so one like you've been doing is Foxcatcher, and I think Foxcatcher suffered from being a very kind of slow-burning technically excellent film that wasn't trying to rile you up and this on the other hand wants you really badly to feel every emotion in the spectrum and it this is like the anti-fox catcher like it really wants you to be in on the action and the action is the point and i think it does a great job with that um another movie it reminded me of a bit was starred up where you have the main character struggling to control his anger and at any given moment you have these people that just could explode (laughs) and you're watching them try to learn how to deal with that the the difference there is this movie the journey towards controlling his anger basically takes place in one montage like (laughs) I, i don't really ever see an evolution of him i see him at point a where he's terrifying 
and point B where he's supposedly fine and point C where he's still beating the shit out of another guy. <laughs> yeah. So that arc definitely wasn't really motivated to me. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess I feel that, like, obviously he's a dangerous man. <laughs> you cross mm-hmm. him and there's going to be hell to pay for it. But I never felt that he was, that he had actually that much of an anger problem. Um, like, obviously there's some events in the middle where he's going to a really dark place, but he's always mm-hmm. self-harming, not... Uh, other people harming like there's not oh, except there's no... when he has a gun in his hand <laughs> yeah but there, there's the 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 two moments where he has like a gun in his hand and those are technically private moments you know where like they're like i never expected him to use it and i mean there's one time where he goes somewhere specifically to use it <laughs> So mm-hmm. we'll just ignore that one. But like even his reaction when he gets there is very much rational. Like he he feels like he's at his, his wit's end. But like so uh like in like so so uh Tom Hardy and Bronson, right? In mm-hmm. that movie, like if you're in the room with him, you're probably gonna get like totally f-ed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you don't have to do yeah. anything, it's just going to happen to you because he's a violent person who for no reason at all lashes out and hurts people um just because he can. Um even in startup, like uh I would be scared to be in the room with any of those people because they might just randomly shank you or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But e- like in in this movie, I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a peaceful person. It's he, the longer he's in a fight, the more violent he gets. But like as a person, he knows that there's like he's a rational man, and I like there was never tension with him and the th- the not the therapist, the social worker lady. Um, there was never a point where I thought she was in danger, even if she was confronting him about something he had been involved in. Like I I never felt that if he would have pushed her, he would have taken a swing at her. Um, right. So I don't buy the, like, obviously when you are, when you were found passed out on the floor, inebriated with a gun and you were the only person at home to be the, like the parental figure for a a young child. Yes. You're unfit to be a parent, (laughs) but like besides that, there wasn't really a lot of scenes of him like, there wasn't a lot he had to come back from, you know what I mean? He was just in a dark place and that that is unexcusable, but he wasn't like, there weren't scenes of him like pushing his daughter or like pushing the maid lady or breaking stuff all around, around the house. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was kind of, he was always a good semi level headed person. He was just in a really dark place. So it's kind of, he just needed to get stable with work to be able to provide for his child. I, I don't know. There, there's some aspect to it that like, I felt they were overselling that he was a dangerous person when the language of the film ta- told me that he wasn't actually that dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm typecasting because he's a big muscly dude, um, <laughs> but I definitely like the kind of guy who headbutts a ref when he's angry and goes around the house smashing mirrors and screaming, you don't get the sense that he's, like, fit to control a child. And it isn't because you think he's going to hit her or do something to her. You just don't 
you don't get the sense that he has the kind of rational adult patience to sit and provide for someone but but in all without fairness lashing out in all fairness though when he headbutt the ref it was in round 10 of a fight so he had been literally like i don't if it was a title fight i guess they're like five minute rounds but if it was not it was three minute rounds so between 30 and 50 minutes he had been taking punches to the face and right. yeah you're not going to be rational at that point in time you're on your, your yeah. adrenaline's going you got blood gushing out of your face you're just like in a crazy mode and some guy just told you that you're going to have to lose your for your first time in your entire life even though you thought you were winning like i like i it's once again it's not excusable but <laughs> like you can't expect somebody to be rational in that state <laughs> i i think maybe the reason the the message of this movie rubs me the wrong way is it feels like aggression is the enemy at the beginning of the movie aggression is the reason he loses everything and then the way to build himself back up is to channel his aggression <laughs> and aggression <laughs> is the victor in the end of the movie like it's all o- it's always still aggression it it isn't substituted with anything else there's the notion of tactical fighting and i guess you you do see the difference a bit but again when when the fight really when push comes to shove aggression and anger are still the things he uses to be successful in this movie and that that's why it left unless it was trying to make a very dark commentary on him having nowhere else to go it felt a little weird to me like it it was weird that Forrest Whitaker and what he hopes to achieve in kids and the way everyone hopes to better themselves is is still via aggression. It's still about punching shit. It's just about doing it a little differently. Well, I think it's about, I don't know, the parallels It's about focusing Mm -hmm. your aggression on a thing that is acceptable to focus that aggression on. You know what I mean? Like, Like, don't act out in this way outside of the ring. Channel it into the ring where it's a safe place where you're allowed to do it. Yeah, and I I think I buy that because I've seen, I know like inner city boxing places are actually like a frequent thing, like a frequent sort of charity for underprivileged kids. So I like I, I get that there's a need to kind of channel your anger somewhere. It just, I it kind of felt like uh, Fuqua couldn't help but just unleash the glory, bloody aggression again in the end of the movie. <laughs> Even when tonally, you would think that would not be how the movie has to go down. Well, also, I mean, there is there's that, that shoulder move that Forrest Whitaker teaches him. And, like, for the first five rounds of the final match, um, he's taking more hits than he's giving because that guy's, like, so much more faster than him. Uh, mm-hmm. So much more faster. Uh, anyway, So much faster. So, so much faster. Um and it's not really until he starts to stop trying to hit harder than the guys hitting him and starts actually trying to apply techniques that Forrest Whitaker taught him that he starts to actually become viable in the fight. So there's a tiny bit of message about conquering straight aggression. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, there. there's a bit of one. I don't know. I think... I think we're basically in agreement. I feel like I didn't feel the need for this movie to exist. And partly it's because I didn't feel like it was really saying anything. It was more, it was just saying, here's this dude who's down on his luck. 
let's watch him climb the ladder again but not not with any sort of message or a new way to say it it's just like begin with punching each other in the face and with punching each other in the face but it all i mean another movie that's kind of like that is the wrestler um but in that movie there's a clear kind of sadness to it and this i didn't get sadness i got like pump up pump up bro out enjoyment from it and also i think that the wrestler is a fantastic film <laughs> so so yes. it's not just a movie that like is well acted it's like beginning to end actually saying something and and really good and i think that this film is maybe acted at a level of commitment that is equal to the wrestler possibly but it's just it's not aiming for a story that's saying anything profound it's mostly just like look this guy was at the top of his game and and something happened to him because he was a little bit reckless and everything was taken from him and can he get any of that back in a meaningful manner and that's it's just a simpler story and mm-hmm doesn't stick with you in a way like oh did you see southpaw because holy shit man it's more of a like if you saw southpaw there's a lot to enjoy uh, well enjoy yeah. is maybe not the perfect word but there's a lot to experience <laughs> yeah I, I guess it was more like a uh like war films can come in a few varieties you know sometimes it's pump up cheering for battle war and sometimes it's this is chaos, this is terrifying war. And this movie was definitely in the first camp to me. It was in the pump-up category. And, like, I guess the big difference is this movie ends with Eminem and the wrestler ends with, like, a sad Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're, they're trying to say different things about aggression, I guess. Yeah. So, should we get to a verdicts? Sure. All right, Stephen, if you're going to give this a must-see, recommend the caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving it recommend with a caveat, even though I feel like this movie didn't need to exist. There's enough to recommend it, like the the acting and the kind of music video style filmmaking, that it's a pretty solid way to spend a couple hours. I would, I would recommend people see it. <sighs> it... I think it's it's the it's the paper towns of boxing movies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if I, I feel like if I give it anything higher than wait for rental, I have to go retroactively bump a paper towns up. So so by the transitive property of comparisons, this is the Synecdoche, New York of boxing movies. <laughs> well, it's hard to tell whether Jake Gyllenhaal is the boxer or the actor who's been hired to play the actor playing the boxer. So in that way, yes. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I am going to give it... <sighs> yeah, I'm just going to stick to one other second. I'm going to give it a wait for rental. Just because there's like... Uh, it's It's a better made film than Paper Towns is, but... As I kind of said earlier in this review, Paper Towns has the benefit of being like cute and making you happy, and this lacks that. So it's like, we're the 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 uh, I don't know. Just we're they're they're gonna both be wait for rental. <laughs> I I just need to wish that we had Carson here to throw in a little bit of that Forrest Whitaker Butler Butler voice, <laughs> maybe to talk to talk some sense into us. 
<laughs> to talk his sense into giving it a higher review? Yeah, I think I feel like Forrest Whitaker would advocate for this movie. Well, of course he was. Well, un- unfortunately for him, the, the blue-eyed devil, which you revealed to be you, came and stole I, some I of the, the eye out of his. Uh, I plucked the eye out of Carson's laptop, so he can't. Uh, he can't <laughs> do the impression now. Oh, uh, good times. But yes, yeah, so that was my wishy-washy review <laughs> of this thing and uh, Stephen's actual review of it. Um, yeah, do you want to let people know where they can find you throughout the week? Yeah, if people want to find me, you can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me down at Will's gym uh, cleaning up after the inner city kids after they're done with their day of boxing. <laughs> or you can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com. You can use the contact form on our site. Or Stephen will tell you what the phone number is. Uh, you can call us at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Sweet. And the music for this episode will come from that Eminem song. So enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we are going to take off... Um, I'm going to go see Pixels. I'm going to bite the bullet for you guys. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll have a review later in the feeds of that film for you, so hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And retroactively, thanks for joining me on the last episode, too. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. I was waiting for that. (laughs) And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, hey, Chris, what uh, what do people in the Confederate South call Uncle Sam? I don't know, Stephen, what? They call him Southpaw. (laughs) Never gets old. (laughs) Never gets old.